Welcome to the Living With Less podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMattis, and I'll be bringing you weekly episodes to encourage and invite you along on this journey of living with less of the things getting in the way of our relationship with Christ. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Living With Less podcast. For today's episode, I have brought on a sweet friend of mine that God so sweetly blessed me with. Um, Her name is Brooke Tabor. She is a wife, mom of four, and after she shared her story of miscarriage with me, we both felt that this was something that we wanted to talk about together and invite all of you who have walked through this or those who haven't but know people who have to join us in knowing how to cling to Jesus through loss. So Brooke, without further ado, hello. Um, tell us about the wonderful you, about your family, ministry, church, all of those things. Um, well, I am a wife to one, obviously, <laughs> a mama to four, and one of which is in heaven, which is why I'm here to talk to you guys today. Um, my husband's in the Air Force, and we're currently stationed in San Antonio, Texas. We've, we've honestly loved Texas so, so much. Uh, it's actually been one of the, our favorite states that we've lived in. Mm. Being military, we've moved a few times and Texas has just been great, but, um, our church has been great. And, and, um, yeah, I just feel like right now we're just in a really good place and just loving our life and praising the Lord for it. So I feel like this topic is heavy. This is not a topic of, um, you know, something that most people are excited to dig into, but I know, Just in how you shared your heart with me when we were talking about all of this, that this is one of those things where there is a need and people need to feel met in the midst of their pain and need to know that they can turn to Jesus in the midst of this pain. So like I said, I know that this topic can cause deep feelings of grief and questioning. And so since you have had to walk through this, how did you find a way to cling to the Lord in this rather than retreat from him? So it's, I mean, I say it's funny, but it's really not funny because God knew what he was doing all along. But Mm -hmm. actually right before we uh, lost our baby to miscarriage, um, I really felt that my heart was entering a season of revival about two months before the miscarriage happened. I felt like I I wanted to go be rebaptized. I had been re I had actually been baptized before uh, as a child. I think I was about ten years old. But as a grown adult, I felt like I wanted to declare, redeclare my decision and rededicate my life to living for Him. So it was just great timing on the Lord's part, and He knew um, that I was going to need Him, and He absolutely just drew me close. And I really think that my clinging was simply just an acknowledgement that God was holding on to me first Mm. and that it was nothing that I was really doing on my own, but just the Lord calling out to me and me just reacting to his irresistible grace and love. I love that too. Like you said, it's, I feel like he, he's always pursuing us and he's always preparing our hearts. And I'm always, sometimes it's hard to sit there and be like, gosh, I wish I just knew what life was going to look like before we get to actually walk it out. But now, especially in my faith, and I think you can agree, knowing some of the things we've walked through, I'm like, praise the Lord. I didn't know, but how <laughs> I know. thankful I am that he does start to prepare us and he does things in our walk that are so Absolutely. timely. And um, I definitely was living in a time um, right before the miscarriage 
where I just really felt the Lord pulling on my heart and telling me to, you know, start rededicating my life back to him. Mm -hmm. So it was absolutely not a coincidence at all. And I don't like to even say the word coincidence because I don't Mm -hmm. think that really anything is coincidence. The Lord always has his hand in everything. Now, when you got baptized, were were you pregnant then or did you not know you were pregnant? Um, I, I think I actually might've been pregnant and I just was unaware of it. Mm. And that's like, like you said, you know, he's preparing our hearts. He's always, he's always doing something. Okay. So when people, because I have not walked through this and, Uh um, obviously that's not something that anybody would ever want to walk through, but when people experience miscarriage, it seems like doubting God's goodness would be an easy thing to do. I definitely think that's something that the enemy would use to distract somebody with. And I know just Absolutely. personally speaking, I am the type of person that um, in something that can feel really traumatic and really difficult, you can sit there and have those questions. So were there any scriptures that you held tight to during this time that just really kept you focused on the goodness of God rather than... A, just letting your mind wander wherever it wanted to go and B, keeping um, your faith steadfast and not allowing the enemy to really derail that revival that God had going on in your heart. Yeah, I really think that whenever I first, I guess, saw clues that I was miscarrying, um, I felt like my body was really starting to enter like stages of grief because whenever that was happening, the Lord was really providing scriptures that really, I like to say they, they were my scriptures for stages of grief. And, Mm. um, when I was first went in and I thought I was miscarrying it, actually, I wasn't even told I miscarried until three days later. So I went in and then they took my blood work and basically just told me, come back in three days. So Mm. whenever that happened, I obviously was just completely distraught, went home and those three days, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And probably the most I've ever prayed in my life was in those three days. And, um, Psalm 55, I really think did a really good job at explaining that grief in the beginning. Psalm 55 verse one just says, listen to my prayer, O God, and do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I'm distraught. Mm. And then verse four says, my heart is anguished within me. Verse five, fear my trembling or fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And that yeah. absolutely was like that first stage yes. of grief. You know, I, I just didn't really know what to do. Something that I found so much hope in was that in Psalm 55, it actually ended um, in verse 23. And it says, as for me, I trust you. And so I just kept saying that the end of that, like, as for me, I trust you. And then as I was thinking of that, um, Daniel 3, 17 through 18, this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into a fiery furnace. And something that I think was just so beautiful was when they're about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, they say, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And then the, the, the words that I love so much that they end with was, but even if he does not... And I really feel like the Lord was preparing my heart so much in that Mm. specific way, you know, that even if he does not save me from this miscarriage, even if he does not save this baby, Mm. he is still good. And I just felt the Lord trying to change the posture of my heart 
And that was probably one of the hardest things to accept was mm-hmm. that even if he does not, that he is still good. Cause that, that was really hard for me to wrap my head around. But then it brought me to, um, John eleven thirty five. John eleven thirty five is actually one of, one of the shortest ver- verses in the Bible. And, um, it just says Jesus wept. And I found so much peace in that, knowing that whenever I was going through that suffering, that Jesus cares about my mourning and he cares about my grieving. And so John 11, 35 is uh, when the sisters of Lazarus basically fall at the feet of Jesus. And they're just like, Jesus, like if you would have been here sooner, like Mm. he wouldn't have died. And Jesus showing all compassion just sits there and holds them and just says, and just literally just weeps with them. Mm. And I just think that that's so beautiful because Jesus cares about my loss too. And he was there with me and he was weeping with me and holding me close the whole time. You know, that's one reason. And I know you and I have talked about this on several of our phone conversations, but why it's so important for us to all have our walk with the Lord and being in God's word Um, for ourselves and not just taking other people's words for it because you, he met you in the midst of something that was so um, painful and so hard. And he, you read the words, no one, like you got to read them for yourself and to see that and to know like he's here weeping with me for this. Like, I just think that is one of the biggest reasons why we have to continue to encourage people like get in the word, even when it feels really, really hard because he will meet you in there and speak in the most profound ways. Absolutely. And, and just two simple words. I was going to say really, yes. yes. Two simple words. And then I guess there was one other or two other ones, but first Peter five ten. Um, I won't go over that one completely, but I will read the verse. It says, and in all of God's grace, He called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, he himself will restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Mm. I really love that one. That one actually popped up on my phone like multiple times during those three days. Oh, that's And just random, random ways. And I just thought it was so beautiful that God himself would restore me and make me strong and Mm. firm and steadfast. That just brought me so much comfort. But what else brought me comfort? Comfort was in First Peter four thirteen, but in but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. Mm. And knowing that Jesus suffered and died for me, and that my suffering, though it was like one of the most challenging times of my life, yes. how much more did God love me, and how much more did Jesus suffer? And most of all, like how could I use the suffering to mm. show others His glory and and draw people to Him? And so that's kind of where I just felt like, you know, his life, this baby's life was not in vain and I was Mm. going to allow the Lord to use him. And I think how sweet is it? Like how you and I got connected and this came up randomly on a phone conversation with you and to see like, this is the episode, this is what God, (laughs) you know, and just using that in such an amazing way that it's uncomprehendable because it's so hard in our humanness to find any good out of bad, which I think is, is, you know, um, and that's just really, I love that. And I just love that he gave you, like you said, those were like kind of your five verses and five stages of grief. And just so all of you guys know, um, all of these verses and everything will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to find all of that there. 
Um, So Jesus promises to be near to the brokenhearted. And I feel like we touched on that in the verse that you had said. Um, This would obviously be one of the most painful heartbreaks, I feel like, as a woman and even as, you know, husband and wife to go through something like that, um, to lose your child. Um, Can you share a little bit about the dream that you had told me about um, when you just totally felt the Lord's presence meeting you within this heartbreak? Absolutely. So, um, like I said, whenever I actually, it was, it was like a, like a movie, honestly, whenever I first realized I was miscarrying, um, I woke up and I knew that something was wrong. So I called my husband immediately and I, I went and met him at the doctor. Like I said, it, it, we went to the doctor, they took my blood work and they told Mm. me to come back in three days. So whenever I went home on that, on that, um, day that I thought I was miscarrying. I just felt so much anguish and everything. And that's where I entered those five stages of grief and, um, through those verses. But the night that we actually found out that I was miscarrying and that it was confirmed, um, I just remember going to bed and just literally laying my head on my husband's Mm. chest and just his shirt was completely drenched in tears. And I fell asleep and, um, I, had actually, I just recently lost my great grandpa about two or three weeks before. And I was really, really close with him and with my great grandma. And she had passed away about four years before that. And I, and what was so crazy is I had always had dreams about my great grandma every single time that we would, I would have a serious event in my life. So, mm. um, engagement, marriage, pregnancy, cause, um, I have another daughter, Kennedy. She's, she was at the time nine months old. So my grandma would just pop up in my dreams occasionally and give me this sweet advice. And, um, it wasn't until that my grandpa had passed, like he had never been in my dreams before Mm. until the night that we lost our baby. And, um, it was actually my grandma and grandpa showed up. Um, I was literally just standing in clouds in my dream (laughs) and there was just like a rocking chair sitting up in the clouds and my great grandma and my great grandpa, they walked towards me and they're holding this baby in a little swaddle. Mm. And they just, I sit down in the rocking chair and I just held this baby so close. And I just knew, like, I just knew that this was the baby I had lost. And I just sat there and I just thanked God for that moment. And I rocked the baby literally all night. And this baby did not tell me what, uh, I didn't, I guess, actually see the baby's face. I can't actually remember the baby's face. I don't think I actually was able to see it, but the baby like spoke to me, but with not talking like a baby would talk, but just let me know, um, that his name was Jackson and that he was going to be okay. And that Mm. I was going to be okay. And I just felt so much peace, like as I felt those words. And it's funny Mm -hmm. because Jackson wasn't even a name that we had picked out. So (laughs) I just thought it was so funny that his name was Jackson. But um, right as I was getting ready to wake up, I'm, (laughs) this is so crazy. I handed Jackson back to my grandparents and I watched them like walk off into clouds until I couldn't see him anymore. And I, and I woke up, (laughs) it was the craziest dream and the most amazing dream of my life. I think that shows just so much like, the God we serve is so intentional and like he lets us know that he sees us yeah. you know, no matter what. And to know that, you know, that just like makes me want to like ball my eyes out, but to just know like know. he gave you that so moment, gracious. you know? And yeah. I love that story. I, I just, oh my gosh, it makes my heart like 
pound. I love telling that story because it, it just, it was so real. Yes. <laughs> it was and so I, real. I just, and again, every just, time I, I talk about it, it just feels like I'm reliving it and it's just so special to me. Well, I'm so thankful you got that gift. Like that is just the coolest thing. So during this season you were in, what did you feel like was, um, just some of the best, like godly guidance that you received, um, from other women walked through this or that we're currently walking through this. And I would just love for you to share, you know, for the people that are walking in this season right now, like what's something that you would share with them? So I, I thought it was very nice that, um, I actually had quite a few friends reach out to me and the ones that had been through it that were willing to open up and kind of share their story. And I had a few send me, um, some of scripture that they got through and mm. send me um, songs like hymns or yes. uh, just worship songs. But um, I think that the best thing that that happened was not even necessarily from a person, but just me diving into God's word and feeling actual comfort from the Holy Spirit. And yes. um I guess it was just diving into his word for comfort and found that everything points back to Jesus and just his goodness and Jesus suffered. And how did Jesus respond to that suffering? But I think I mentioned first Peter four thirteen mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering and just to allow God to like use the suffering and to not let it go to waste that yes. he is close to the brokenhearted. And I really truly believe that. And so just allowing, um, me to feel those feelings and that that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's so beautiful because throughout, through that suffering, uh, I really felt the Lord strengthen me and establish me. And I don't think that that was something that any person could have said or done, mm. but just the people around me pointing me back to Jesus yes. and saying like, he's your healer mm. and um, not to allow the suffering to make me bitter but just that God gave me this story through Jackson and to allow it, allow it to become a light to other people. Because whenever I allowed the Lord to use the suffering, he started bringing women into my life that had been through the same thing. Mm. And um, just being able to sit with them through their times of suffering has just been such a blessing. Not in the fact that, you know, we both lost children, yes. but now we both share a special bond and, we both are, are all of us, I say both, but there's been, there's been multiple. We've all been able to connect and just feel God through suffering. Mm. And that is kind of a very special thing because Jesus suffered. And I mean, to an yes. extent, we all suffer. And I really feel that God is close to the brokenhearted. I like to how you point out having that community. I think all of us, regardless of what um, our hardship season might be, or, you know, there are people that loss might not look like this, but it might be a spouse or a sibling or something like that. And how right? Yeah, absolutely. typically I think it's easy for us to want to, in our flesh, to want to isolate and like not be with other people. And I think there is a stage in that, like being alone and just being with the Lord or just, you know, feeling those feelings. I think that is a good thing. But I think it, there gets to a place where like God calls us into community for a reason. And Absolutely. like you said, not that you're celebrating that you're sharing your suffering with them, but the fact that God has given you now a 
part of the body of believers to where you guys can walk through something together. And I think that's something that we all need to seek out. You know, if you've gone through divorce or loss of a parent, loss of a sibling, whatever it is, like if you're in a place of pain or something that's hard, you need to find steadfast believers that can come alongside you. And like you said, they were like pointing you to Jesus and then you got to point these other women to Jesus. And I think that's so crucial to using, like you said, using the suffering that you had to walk through. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I just think that all of the people that were around me, obviously the Lord sent them there. And I truly believe that because every single one that um, I spoke with that had actually lost babies, they also were believers. And the way that they just sent comfort, I just Mm. felt the Holy Spirit um, really, really giving comfort. And I'm so thankful for that. So I have had a friend who recently walked through loss and went through this and she had called me um, and we're talking about stuff and, you know, she's still grieving and having Mm -hmm. a very hard time. And she was sharing a story with me that she had a friend who I was like, maybe she's not a friend because this doesn't like some sound like something a friend would say in my eyes. But a friend said to her, I thought you had enough time in regards to grieving so that's a, that to me, um, is a very hard and heavy thing. And I know that it really hurt her. Um, yeah. and since I haven't, again, I have not experienced this, but speaking from your story, do you feel like there's a part of you that holds on to that loss in your heart each day? Or does there, is there ever a point where it has become, instead of feeling so much grief and sorrow that you are able to like celebrate the baby's life and the fact that, you know, you will one day get to see him. Like, what does that look like? I would love to be able to share with her. Obviously that was really hard. And I mean, it was weeks that I was just grieving and I would say it got a little bit better. And then as I came up to the due date, because Mm. I had friends that were actually pregnant at this time, So as I was approaching the due date and I was watching my friends have their babies around the same time that I would be having mine, that Mm. was really challenging and that was really difficult. And still to this day, um, I still feel um, a little bit of not even, I don't think it's necessarily even sadness anymore. I think that it is just grieving. I think that it's just this deep love that I had for a child that I was not able able to meet. But just acknowledging that that was God's plan. And I, over time, have been able to process that. But it definitely wasn't overnight. And I don't think that that's something that I could put a number on. Yes, Um, absolutely. I will say that grief doesn't necessarily mean that I don't accept God's plan. But grief just becomes my acknowledgement that I need God's presence within his plan. Mm. Um, And that the grief is okay because we see... And John eleven thirty five that Jesus wept and he had compassion. So it's okay to be upset. Yes. Like, it's okay to to cry and feel those things because you know, Christ feels compassion and he feels sadness whenever there, there whenever there's loss, but he knows that there was always a purpose. Mm. And um I may not know that right now, but I can take comfort in knowing that God does have a plan. Yes. And that whenever I allow him to work through this, then Obviously, that's where I'll be the most restored, confirmed, mm-hmm. you know, back in one of those verses. What was it again? It was First Peter 5.10. 
He'll make you strong, firm, and steadfast. He's going to restore you. And so I feel like that's whenever you can feel that the most. Yes. Um, Okay. So to wrap things up, I typically ask each guest on the show to share what they would tell someone um, if they were asked what they needed to live with less of in regards to becoming more like Christ. But in praying about this and praying about the topic and knowing that this is not something to be taken lightly... I felt like the Lord wanted me to ask you, how did you want others praying for you while you walked through this season? Because um, I know for me, I I just want to be able to support everyone that I can going through this. And I feel like this is, prayer is um, so powerful. And I know when people are praying for me, you know, it's like it paves a way. So yeah, how did you want people praying for you while you were in this season? Um, definitely like praying just for my own healing, my husband's healing. That's one thing that I don't think many people think about whenever you are experiencing a loss is oftentimes your husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So not only that, like I have healing through the Lord, but also that my husband is able to heal and walk through that because I feel like honestly that husbands get left out a little bit in this, that it wasn't their loss that, you know, they weren't the one carrying the baby, but husbands get just as excited. So Mm -hmm. through that, like that we can heal together as, as a couple, um, and that in our hearts that we would know that God's plan is greater than our own. And, um, Isaiah 55, eight says for your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, that his ways are always higher and his thoughts are always higher. And, um, grief can definitely become something that can overtake your heart. So just praying that the Lord would give me a new heart within the suffering and be able to see that he was still good. Yes. Um, I think that that is really one of the biggest things that the Lord gives and he takes away Mm. and that his plans are greater than mine. And I may not ever understand, but I, I just coming to the conclusion and knowing that he is still good um, and that he is worthy of praise. Mm -hmm. So, I was going to say the last thing I wanted to ask you um, before we wrap this up is again, coming from someone who I have watched friends walk through this, I never know quite what to say. And so I don't ever want to say too much, but I also don't want to say too little. So for girls like me that are listening that have wondered, like, I don't want my friend to feel like I'm not talking to them or asking them about this, but I also don't want to bombard them and cause more pain. So in that, what would you say is like the, the, not the, a happy medium, but, um, what's too much and what's too little, or do you honestly just want someone to be like, Hey, like if you need me to come sit with you, like I'll come sit with you. I actually, I think that that's really great because, well, for me, I really secluded myself and I didn't want to ask for anything. And I didn't want to make anybody feel like they had to come and sit with me while I was crying. So Mm. I really just think that it was just the people that showed up without being told. (laughs) And this is different for everybody. So if you have a friend that's doing this, (laughs) let them know in a text before you just randomly show up at their house because they may actually want to be by themselves. But for me, it really was, it really was those people that went out of their way to show that they cared without being told Mm -hmm. that they had to do it. So whether that was a friend just dropping off a meal on my front porch, knowing I might not want to see her. So she just, instead of knocking, instead of 
you know, coming in and wanting to hold up a conversation when I probably wasn't ready for that. Mm. Hey, um, a quick text. I dropped off a meal on your doorstep. That is like so helpful. And it just really shows God's love Mm. in a time that you are just kind of confused and trying to figure out why. Yes. And I think it was those people that just showed God's love in ways that you know that they went out of their way to do it. Mm. That's good. Well, as we wrap things up, I don't know. I'm just going with the Holy Spirit right now, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray. So I'm going to pray and then I will close this out. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just lift up all of these women to you, God, that are listening right now that have walked through loss, Lord, that have walked through this painful heartbreak. God, I pray that you would restore them. You would, um, you know, reestablish in their hearts, God, just all that you're doing in and through them, Lord. Um, We Mm -hmm. know that we can trust in you, God. We know that your word promises it will not ever return in void so that we need to get in your word to know your great love for us. So I just pray for these girls, Lord, and I pray that you would just meet them where they are, God, and that you would um, also just give a loving heart to those who have not dealt with this, Lord, um, but just give these women um, the grace and the love that they need as they're walking through this season. So we love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Yes. Amen. So guys, um, everything. Well, first of all, thank you, Brooke, for coming on. I'm Absolutely. So Thank you for to... having me. It's really, it's been like every single time I get to talk about Jackson and his life, it just, mm-hmm. it makes me so happy that the Lord is still working through him. Yes. Um, One thing that I like to say about this and if I can say is that if you have gone through this, I think that there is a certain way that we can look at the miscarriage and that God has handpicked us to carry an angel for him mm-hmm. and that Jackson steps his first steps were on holy ground and his first mm-hmm. words were singing in a choir of angels and that his life wasn't in vain. And so we can refuse to let the enemy take that, that joy that we have just thinking of the day that you're reunited with them. Mm, that is good. Um, guys. So everything that we've talked about will be in the show notes and I will also have just all the places that you can find Brooke on Instagram and just ways that you can connect with her. I know that she loves hearing from people and asking questions. So if this is something you have walked through, I would trust her with you reaching out and just asking your questions. Absolutely. Please do. Definitely. So, okay guys, well, I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find everything we talked about at chelseadomatis.com. If you have any questions, please reach out over social media. I'd love to chat. If you enjoyed today's episode and are loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you left a review on iTunes or shared on social media. Your kind words and encouragement mean the world to me. And I pray to continue showing you God's grace over my life as you all journey this out with me. Wherever you find yourself listening today, know that you were fully loved and fully known by God.